Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. So glad that you're here with us this morning. If you're new, my name is Trent, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And today, we are ending a series that we've been in over the past few weeks together on decisions. We've been learning or trying to learn together how to make great God-honoring decisions because nothing has more of an impact on our lives and the lives of people around us than the decisions that we make. If we make a good decision, we can reap the benefits of that decision for a very long time. And we all know far too well that if we make a bad decision, we can suffer the consequences. People around us can suffer the consequences of that bad decision for a lot longer than we would like. Now, here's the thing about our bad decisions. When we make a bad decision, we at the time don't think it's a bad decision. I mean, in general, we think it's a good decision, maybe even a great decision for us. And if you think back in your life, maybe you can think of a moment, maybe somebody you dated where later you were like, what was I thinking? Like, not a good choice or a job that you took or a financial decision that you made. And you look back and go like, wow, at the moment, I thought it was going to be great. But given some time looking back on it, I realized that just wasn't a smart decision. Now, here's an example from my life. When I was in elementary school, we lived in Missouri. We lived around the Lake of the Ozarks. And for me, as a kid, that was a wonderful place to live. That was a wonderful place for me to spend my time. Uh, the neighborhood that we lived in was uh, very wooded. And there were a lot of people that lived there, but there was a lot of woods around. So it was easy to, to feel like you were in the woods. And I loved the woods. I loved being outside. I, I loved building forts and playing with my bow and arrow and just doing anything and everything a young boy would, would like to do outside. So one day, a friend of mine and I, we were out playing with my bow and arrow. And um, some of you are already snickering, uh, understanding that there's probably a bad decision involved in this. So a friend of mine and I were out playing, and we decided, we were probably around 10 years old at the time, we decided it would be important for us to know who could shoot the arrow farther in the air. Like, like who could shoot this thing the highest? Don't you think that'd be a good thing for every elementary age school kid to know? Like, I thought that was really important. At the moment, I'm going, brilliant decision. So being the owner of the bow and arrow, I got to go first. And I knew that if I shot this thing straight up in the air, it wouldn't be a wise decision because we'd be playing dodge the arrow. And I didn't want to do that. So I thought, all right, I'm going to shoot it off at an angle. And this was my Braveheart moment before I even knew that Braveheart existed. So I loaded that arrow and I pulled that thing back as far as I could and I launched it up in the air. You know, for me, everything's a competition. So I'm like, it's going to be tough for him to beat this one. So I launched that thing as high as I possibly could. And sometimes when we make decisions, a week later, a month later, a few years later, we look back and go, you know, that wasn't the wisest. Other times, within seconds, we know, <laughs> bad decision. I shouldn't have done that. So after I launch this arrow up into the air, I'm watching where it's hopefully going to land. I don't want to lose my arrow. So I'm watching, and we're up on this little hill, and we're looking down. There's a road below us. And out of a wooded area that I couldn't see behind, a lady walks down the road towards my arrow. So I'm watching the arrow, I'm watching the lady, and I'm doing the math. I'm not that good at math. Even then, I wasn't that good at math, but I'm going, this doesn't look good, this doesn't look good. So I had my very first spontaneous prayer moment. 
oh God, please, 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 don't let that lady meet that arrow. I know she doesn't want to meet my arrow. God heard my prayer. The arrow landed about 10 feet in front of her on the road. And you can imagine she was rather startled. And I was rather in trouble. You know, being the owner of the bow and arrow, being the one who shot the bow and arrow, I didn't have anybody else to blame. And quickly I realized that what I thought was a good decision became a really bad decision. So it's so incredibly important for us to learn how to make great God-honoring decisions. It affects us. It affects other people more than we realize. So in this series, what we've been trying to do is learn that, learn how to make great God-honoring decisions. But beyond that, we're trying to learn something that's more valuable. The thing that's more valuable than learning just how to make great decisions is learning wisdom. We learn wisdom. Wisdom is something that can benefit, benefit us way beyond the decisions that we make. Wisdom is a key ingredient to learning how to make great decisions. Wisdom is one of those things that can help us determine between a good decision and a bad decision even before we make the decision. Wisdom would have spoken to me as a 10-year-old and said, not wise to shoot your arrow up in a neighborhood. Not wise. So wisdom can benefit all of us if we determine to find it, to pursue it, and apply it to our lives. Now, in this series, we've learned that God makes his wisdom available to all of us. So it doesn't matter if you're a Christ follower or not. If you want God's wisdom, God says, listen, you can have it. It's readily available. Some of it is easy to find, easy to use in your life, or or, or easier to use in your life. And other parts of God's wisdom is harder to find. It requires searching and studying and uh, looking for it like we would for hidden treasure, but that wisdom is so incredibly valuable. We learned in this series that God loves to give us wisdom through conversation. God wants to speak to us like a loving parent would speak to one of their kids, like a parent says, listen, I want to teach you the best possible way to live. I want to show you how to navigate your life around some of the things that, I, that maybe I've experienced. Here's some things that I've learned in life, and God gives us wisdom like that. It's a profound thought that the creator of the universe wants a personal relationship with us. If you're new to Christianity, that's what the Bible teaches that actually a relationship with God is available through Jesus Christ. God wants a personal relationship with us. He wants to teach us the best possible way to live. Now, uh, last week we started looking at how God speaks, and we saw that God speaks today through the Bible and through prayer. And today we're going to continue that, and we're going to look at God speaking through people and God speaking through circumstances. And we're going to start with people, and then we're going to get into circumstances in, in just a minute. If you've been reading through Proverbs with us, you have read a number of verses where God has used other people to speak to us. And I just want to list some of those verses that we've been reading through um, in Proverbs. So Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, it says, without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. Now, that doesn't just apply at a government level. That doesn't just apply at a national level. That applies at a local level. That that applies at a business level. That applies at a family level. That applies at a personal level. You know, when when we don't have uh, wise counselors, we can fall. Businesses can fall. Families can fall. Individuals can fall. Their safety 
and having many advisors. And Proverbs 15.22 says, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. We can easily look at our lives or maybe even look at somebody else's life and say, you know why that went bad? You know why their plans failed? Because they didn't look for advice. They didn't get advice from, from somebody else who could, who could help them navigate that difficult decision. Proverbs 19, 20 tells us to get all the advice and instruction you can so you'll be wise the rest of your life. So wisdom is not something that you just get in a moment. Wisdom is something we pursue the rest of our lives. Proverbs 27, 6 tells us this, it's kind of a strange verse, and the first, first time you read it, you may go like, what does that mean? How do I apply that? It says this, the wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. So what that means is, if you have a friend who's willing to speak a hard truth to you, a hard wisdom, maybe something that you don't want to hear and it hurts you, it feels like a wound, that is better than having someone else in your life just tell you what you want to hear, just to flatter you. And it's easy for us to go, you know what, I kind of like being around this person who flatters me. I kind of like being around this person who just tells me what I want to hear. That's kind of fun. I enjoy that. But the Bible teaches that person is more like an enemy than a friend. So if you've got somebody in your life who's willing to look you in the eye and lovingly speak truth to you and give you wisdom, that's a friend to cherish. That's a friend to hold on to for the rest of your life. Then Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. There is so much truth that God wants to give us, and it comes through other people. Now, all the wisdom from those verses came from the wisest man who ever lived. His name was King Solomon. King Solomon was the third king of the nation of Israel. When he became king at a young age, he asked this wild thing. God came along and said, hey, ask whatever you want. I'll give it to you. And King Solomon at the moment, he said, you know what? I need wisdom. I don't know how to lead your people, so would you give me wisdom? And God did. It was amazing. He became the wisest man who ever lived. Kings from around the world would come and listen to his wisdom. But here's a sad thing. If you know King Solomon's story, and this has kind of bothered me most of my life. King Solomon made some very poor choices, very poor choices, choices that ended up having the kingdom of Israel torn in two because of his decisions. And I used to think, like, how is this possible? You've got the wisest man who's ever lived. How is it possible that he would make such a boneheaded decision? Like, I just don't get it. Well, here's the thing. All the wisdom in the world is no good if we don't apply it. It doesn't matter how smart we are. It doesn't matter how much of an expert we are in our field. It doesn't matter how high our IQ is. If we don't apply the wisdom that God has given to us, the Bible says that is foolish. God doesn't want us to be like Solomon in that moment. God wants us to learn his wisdom and then spend the rest of our lives applying that wisdom. Now, last week I told you a story about God speaking to me through prayer to guide me in a decision that I needed to make. I was wrestling with a, a job decision. It felt like God was guiding me back to school to finish my graduate degree in counseling. So I want to tell you a follow-up story to that. I'm going to tell you a story about God speaking to me through people and then God speaking to me through circumstances. And my purpose in telling these stories is so that you'll see that how God's working in my life and also so that you could see how God might be wanting to speak to you in your life. 
life or how God might be speaking to you in your life. So I want these stories to be a practical way that you can maybe identify with God working in your life. After finishing my graduate degree, uh, my wife and we had two young kids. We were living in Virginia at the time. We finished the degree. It felt like God was opening a door for us to move back to Florida. So we moved back to Florida in the year 2000. And after um, months of being back here, I was invited on staff over at Palm Coast Community Church here in the county. And I I told you last week, there's a couple of things I've never wanted to do in my life. One is be a pastor. Number two is work at a church. And uh, that involved both of them, you know, so they, they were inviting me to be their small groups guy over there. And, you know, I, I wrestled with that, spent a lot of time praying about it, spent a lot of time talking to my wife about that, spent a lot of time, a lot of time seeking wise counsel on that. I, I felt like God was leading us in that direction with my background in counseling. I could see how I could work in a small group environment. Um, so after a lot of time making that decision, we decided to come on staff and, and uh, lead their small group ministry. Now, several years after being on staff, my boss, a pastor at the time, his name is Billy, he started challenging me to pray about one day starting a church. Now, I still wasn't sure I wanted to work at a church, and I was certain I didn't want to start a church. Like, there's just no way that I wanted to do that. So my internal response was, no thanks, no way, no how, you're out of your mind. So I went home, told my wife, hey, Billy's challenging us to one day start a church. And she echoed my response. No thanks, no way, no how. He's out of his mind. Like, great. We're on the same page. This is awesome. So uh, as years went on, he continued to challenge me to pray. Say, how are you doing at praying? Like, what's God saying as you're praying about one day starting a church? And my response was always the same. I'm not praying about that. Like, no, I don't want to do that. And I know that God doesn't want me to do that. So how did I know that? I didn't. I didn't want to talk to God about that. There's just no way. That was something I never wanted to do. So let's not even talk about it, God. So Billy kept asking me, how's your prayer going? What's God saying about that? So one day, to get him off my back, I decided, let me just have a quick conversation with God about this. So I said, God, here's the deal. I know you don't want me to start a church. I know that. Billy doesn't, though. So would you just tell him, that you don't want me to start a church, and then we'll be done with this silliness. Now, uh, we talked last week about God speaking through prayer, and God did not speak to me through prayer in that moment. So I didn't get you know, God giving me a thought or a response other than this. I got this impression. I don't know how to describe this. It wasn't a vision. Um, it wasn't like a dream thing. It, it was just this impression that I got with God pointing in the direction of starting a church. And I'm going, what does that mean? Like, I don't want to do that. There's no way that I would want to start a church. I'm pretty sure that a pastor should want to start a church if he's going to do that. I don't want to. God, I don't know what like, that means. You're pointing in that direction. So like, I'm just not sure how to handle that. So over the next few years, God kept pointing my wife and I in that direction. Like Everything in our lives pointed towards starting Epic. And again, I was confused. I felt like I needed more than my pastor telling me that. 
Um, you know, I felt like in that moment, you know how maybe a family member says like, you're really good at that or you should do that or whatever. And they believe in you and you're like, oh yeah, you're like, you're supposed to say that. Like you're my dad or you're my mom or you're my brother, uh, but you don't believe them. So that's how I felt in that moment. Like, uh, yeah, you're supposed to say that. Like, I don't believe you. Um, I wasn't even sure God knew what in the world he was doing. He was pointing in that direction. So I needed outside help. So I, I said, I need some outside wisdom, some input, some advice from people who don't know me, who can speak into my life and, and confirm that I shouldn't do this. So I started looking for wisdom. And I went on a search uh, for, for wisdom. It took quite a, a few months in this process. Um, but at one point, we came across an organization called Converge. So Converge is an organization that helps potential pastors figure out whether they should start a church or not. And I thought, well, this is brilliant. They'll confirm that I shouldn't do this, and I'll, I'll tell my pastor, I'll tell God that they're a little bit wrong, and we'll just get this out of the way. So the way that Converge works is they bring together these potential people, and they hold uh, a week-long assessment. And they do this all over the United States. So you get together. We did ours down in Orlando. There were probably 25 people, like couples and individuals that were trying to figure out whether God wanted them to do this or not. And the, the organization has these assessors, they're consultants, church consultants. They brought them in, about 30 of them. And those consultants were going to watch us all week long. Now, these were people who had been in ministry. Uh, they were pastors or they had been pastors. They understood the complexities of ministry. They knew what to look for. They knew what questions to ask. And so they built this week where they were going to simulate ministry exhaustion. So we were up early and we were working till late at night. Uh, there were counseling sessions involved in that. There was preaching, there was vision casting, there were group dynamics, so there were group projects. They would put us in a group project and say, all right, you've got an hour to figure this out. And, and we'd get started and we'd get some momentum and they would take a, 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 one of the individuals out, put another person in. They were changing the, the dynamics always so they could see what do we do when we're tired and frustrated? They just wanted to observe us. And so before we got there, we had to fill out all kinds of psychological assessments, personality profiles, and each uh, consultant had a big notebook filled with all of our material. So they had been reading that for weeks before we ever showed up. So you can imagine how intimidating it might be if, you, if you've ever been in an environment where you've been evaluated like that. So all week long, I mean, from breakfast, lunch, dinner, everything in between, we were being evaluated by an, a consultant with a notebook sitting open and writing, and every once in a while asking a question. And then when we get into a counseling session, they would ask some very deep, hard questions, look at marriages. They were trying to turn over every leaf that they could in order to give us feedback. At the end of the week, they were going to give us one of three uh, uh, things in, in their response. Number one, they were going to say, hey, our team thinks you have what it takes. We think that, that you can do this, and we recommend that you do it. Number two, we think maybe you could do this, but there's some things you need to work on in order to get it done. Number three, we don't recommend you do this. We don't think you have what it takes, and we, we, we definitely think you should go do anything and everything else. Avoid this. Just don't do it, Okay. So that's what I was looking forward to hearing, number three. So at the end of the week, we sit down with a consultant, and the consultant says, hey, our team thinks you and Tammy have what it takes, and we think you should do this. And I'm sitting there going, Does he, he got the wrong name on the form? Like, like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Like, you made, I think you made a mistake. Could you look again? And he confirmed, like, no, no mistake. We think 
that you and Tammy can do this. Now, Tammy and I drove home. I was super confused. Like, God, like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't see what you see. I don't see what uh, Billy sees. I don't see what these other people see. Like, I just don't get it. But if you want us to be involved in starting a church, I am scared to death. You've got to be with me. You've got to guide me. You've got to keep speaking because I don't have the ability to pull this off. God continued to speak through other people. There were about 20 people uh, at uh, Palm Coast Community Church. Um, the leadership there said, hey, full blessing. We want you to go start a church. And uh, there were about 20 uh, with their kids and everything. It was about 30, 35 people that said, listen, not only do we think that you should do this, but we're going to come alongside of you. We're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to help you. We're going to be involved in this. This is going to be our new church home. And we're going to help you get this thing off the ground. Then I called a friend of mine, Tim Jones. Uh, he's our executive pastor, our small groups guy here, and his wife, Sarah. She leads our local missions, our international missions. They were living in Atlanta at the time. So I got on the phone. I called Tim and said, hey, man, what's going on in your world? He said, the craziest thing. I feel like God wants us to start a church, and I don't know what to do with that. I said, here's what you do with that. You come down here, and you help us start this church. And what's really cool is we have no money to pay you. So it's like phenomenal. So what they did was they quit their good paying jobs in Atlanta. They raised financial support for over two years and they moved down here to help us get Epic started. Now, I can't tell you how powerfully God spoke to me through those people. It, it was, it's been an amazing journey of God speaking. So on September uh, the 20th, 2009, Epic Church started because God spoke. And let me tell you what's happened over the past five and a half years. At least 343 people have put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And 139 people have followed that up through baptism. Now, when I see that, when I think about God working in someone's life and using me like a guy who thinks, I don't have what it takes. There's no way that I could do this. God humbles me. And I wonder, like, what would have happened to those 340 plus people if we had said no, if we kept avoiding God, if we just would have not listened to what God had to say, what, if, what would have happened to those people? I know that God could reach those people through other churches, but God used our church to reach those people. So it's super humbling to be in that spot. I am so glad that God spoke to me through other people. And I'm so glad that I finally chose to listen. So for us to become wiser people, we have to learn to listen to God speaking to us through the wisdom of other people. So when you get in one of those moments where you have to make a difficult decision, you're not sure what to do, my big recommendation for you is to get wise counsel. Get advice from someone who is wiser than you, someone who loves God and who wants to follow God's principles. And if you look around your friendship circles, you look around your friendship pool, if you can't find any wise people in your friendships, you need some new friendships, all right? So you've got to have, we have to have wiser people around us who are willing to speak truth to us. We've got to have that. It, it's so incredibly important for us to have that. Listen to Proverbs 13, 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. That's a verse that we all can look at and go, I get it, yep, 
There was that moment in my life that I was kind of foolish. I got in trouble. Why? Because I was hanging out with the wrong people. But for us, on the other end, when we hang out with wiser people, when we make wiser people our friends, we become wiser. And the cool thing is that one day someone calls us and says, hey, need some advice, need some wisdom. It's apparent in your life that you're growing in wisdom. It's apparent in your life that you're wiser than I am right now. So I need some help. I need some input. Would you speak to me? That happened for me this past week. So I was in the tension of, of both of those things. So this past week, I, I was in a, a, a situation. I wasn't sure how, how to make this decision. I was wrestling through something. So I called a friend of mine, a, a guy who's wiser than I am. And I said, man, I need to go to lunch with you. Can you just sit and listen to what I have to say? Give me some advice. And so we went to lunch, sat. I told him uh, my scenario, and then I listened. I just listened to what he had to say. And he had some incredible things to offer me. It was so great. I was so... Um, uh, thankful for that friendship and thankful for that person pouring his life into me. Why? Because that helps me get wiser. Uh, and this week, I also had people call me. I had two people that gave me a call on the phone and said, hey, Trent, need some wisdom. Can you give me a little bit of the wisdom that you have? So I gave what I, what I had and the input, the insight that I thought that, that maybe I would do in that situation. And here's the thing about wisdom. If we pursue wisdom... And if we give the wisdom that we have, we will grow in wisdom. That's how it works. So if we pursue it and we give all that we've got, we actually get more of that. And that's what God wants for us. Now, we're going to transition. And I'm going to tell you a, another story about God speaking through circumstances. And um, this is probably one of the loudest ways that God speaks to us. Probably one of the clearest ways that God speaks to us, but we've got to be careful with God speaking through circumstances because we can misread them sometimes if we aren't careful. Now, when Epic started back in 2009, we met in the Realty Building down on State Road 100. So if you're headed towards Benel on the left-hand side, there was a building there that we met in for almost three years. And almost up to our third year, um, we got a letter from the, the building manager that said this, well, sorry, we're, not, we're no longer able to continue renting to you, so you've got about eight weeks to find a new place to rent. Now, I don't know if you've ever, you've ever received something like that. I'm sure that you have. Uh, all of us have, can, experience, you know, can identify with an experience like that. That was one of those oh-no moments. And I opened the letter like, oh, no, eight weeks. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? We, we'd kind of outgrown the space that we were in. We'd gone to two services. We were, we were just about to pull the trigger to go to a third service. And we're thinking like, where do we go in town? We weren't sure. So we started looking all over town, places that we could meet in. Uh, there weren't a lot of options that, that worked for us at the time. We called the school board and said, hey, what schools do you have available? And at the time, the only schools that were available were Indian Trails and Rimfire Elementary. Now, Indian Trails was a little bit out of the general area that we wanted to be in. That was on the north side of town up here on Beltaire. We want to be kind of on the south side of town. And uh, anybody know where Rimfire Elementary is? Three of you. <laughs> My point. Exactly. All right. So if, if your kid didn't go there or, or you didn't know where it was, like you weren't going to find Rimfire Elementary. So we're thinking, I don't know that that's a good option. So we called the, the school board staff. We set up a day to go look at the schools and met some incredible people that guided us. Actually, some of those people now come to Epic, so it's really kind of a cool story. Um, so we went, and they toured us around. They took us to Rimfire, showed us some of the schools, and then said, hey, have you considered Buddy Taylor Middle School? 
No, we hadn't considered Buddy Taylor because it wasn't an option at that point. We didn't even know that it was an option. The day before, it wasn't. So they said, hey, let's swing by Buddy Taylor and look at it. So we came by and, and looked at Buddy Taylor. And for me, it was like a no-brainer. Like, wow, God took this oh no moment and turned it into an oh yes moment. This is fantastic. Location is great. Facility is bigger with a lot of opportunities for growth. I mean, this just seemed like God just opened this door for us. And I, I strongly believe that he did. So when we're walking through those scenarios where God opens doors and closes doors, we have to always keep our eyes on those circumstances. What doors does God have closed? What doors does God have open? Now, just because a door is open, that doesn't mean God wants us to go through that door, okay? Sometimes that's just a test. Sometimes we have to really uh, struggle uh, deeper to understand God's principle, God's wisdom for us as it comes to uh, going through one of those doors. But we've got to look at the scenario. We've got to look at the, the, um, the circumstances and how those things are unfolding around us. So even when we're going through one of those oh no moments that we all have, We've got to trust that God is at work. So for us, we're reading the letter going, oh no, what are we going to do? And God said, listen, I'll turn that into an oh yes moment. You just have to trust me. So when we're walking through those scenarios, we have to trust that God is working and guiding us through whatever circumstances are unfolding around us. Now, the four primary ways that God speaks to us is the Bible, prayer, people, and circumstances. And the more those things align, the more confident we can be that God is speaking to us. Now, as I said last week, the Bible should be our final authority as Christ followers. That should be the thing that we look at to confirm everything else. God will not contradict what he said in the Bible. God will not tell you through a prayer or people or circumstances something different that's not lined up in scripture. So that's where we got to be careful because sometimes people come along and say, hey, God opened this door. It's a fantastic door. I know he's not a Christ follower, but man, he's so handsome. God brought this guy along. It's so fantastic. I think it's going to work. I think I can get him to come to church. He said he would come to church. This is going to be awesome. And I say, hey, wisdom says, Bible teaches, you shouldn't unite yourself in a relationship like that if that person is not a Christ follower. So we've got to process through all those decisions. If some, you know, we feel like God's saying something through prayer or through other people or through circumstances, we have to confirm that with scripture, okay? So the Bible should be our final authority always when it comes to making a difficult decision. So when faced with a difficult decision, we need to find out what God says in the Bible. We need to ask God through prayer what he wants us to do. We need to seek wise counsel And then we need to watch the circumstances and how those circumstances are unfolding. That's how we grow in wisdom. That's how we learn how to make great God-honoring decisions. Now, in just a minute, our worship team is going to come out and they're going to guide us in a a final song today. And that song is going to talk about trusting in God in those moments where we're not sure how things are working out. Like when we're in one of those oh-no moments, we got to trust that God is going to work God is going to open doors and close doors. Um, So in a minute, we're going to do that. But today, we're going to end our service a little differently than we normally do. We've done this every once in a while, but today, I just felt led for us to do this. And what I'd like for us to do today is I'd like for us to pray directly for those of you who have a difficult decision to make. 
You're not sure what to decide. It could be a financial decision, a relational decision, a medical decision, any number of decisions that you have to decide. Like it's weighing on your shoulders. You're not sure what to do. You're at the end of your resources. You're begging God to speak to you in, in some powerful way. We'd like to pray for you today. Now, here's how we're gonna do that. And if you're new to church, this may feel like the weirdest thing ever. And I, so if you feel that way, I understand. If you don't wanna participate, I get it, all right? So what I'm gonna ask you to do in a minute, if you're in that spot, is I'm gonna ask you to stand, all right? And I know that can feel like the weirdest thing ever, stand in church. Like you may think, this is my first Sunday here and I just wanna hide in the background and I have this big decision I've gotta make and I'm being asked to stand. So I understand if that's just weird, but we would like to pray for you. I think God works powerfully through prayer. And what, what else we would like to do is I would like the rest of our church family, whoever stands, I'd like us to gather around you, lay our hands gently on your shoulder and pray for you. Very symbolic in the Bible, laying hands on people and praying for them. So if you're not comfortable with that, just tell the people around you, please don't put your hands on me. All right, I get it, I understand. Hey, here, here's a, a serious thing with that. Some people wrestle with pain issues. Um, I've got some friends that wrestle with some big pain issues and other people don't know how bad they hurt. And we come up and we grab them and hug them and want to demonstrate love to them. And they're like, ow, that hurts. That's painful. And we don't want to do that. So um, just ask the person if they're standing, like, hey, is that okay if I put my hand gently on your shoulder? If they say no, don't do it. Okay. Just honor them in that. But if you're okay with that, if the person's okay with that, just gently place your hand on their shoulder. If you can't reach them, put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. If you see somebody across the room that you want to pray with, get up and move. This is an opportunity for us to, to be interactive together as a church family, okay? So here's the deal. If you need prayer, if you want prayer, if you want us to pray for you and lay our hands on you, I'm going to ask you to stand. Okay, awesome. Thank you for having the courage to do that. So church family, uh, this is an opportunity for us to move. So if you see somebody close to you, move around them. Um, if you can't get to them, uh, just hold your hand out or lay your hand on, on the back of somebody else. I'm going to ask the rest of you to stand and move around the people that are there. All right, church family. Wow. Wish I had my camera up here to take a picture. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a picture of myself. That'll be exciting. All right, gang, let's pray. God, you speak very powerfully through prayer. And it's an honor and a privilege for us as a church family today to gather around these people who are asking for your wisdom, your input, your insight, your direction, your clarity. And Lord, we come to you, the only one who has the wisdom that we need. The only one who can guide us, the only one who can tell us which direction to go. 
I thank you that you want to speak to us. I thank you that you want to be in a relationship with us. So Lord, our ears are open. Just speak powerfully, I pray. Lord, there's some here today that are making a financial decision and they're not sure what to do. May you speak so powerfully to them that they know without a shadow of a doubt you've spoken. There are others making a relational decision and you know the dynamics of that. Lord, I pray that you would be clear. Lord, you always are. Lord, I pray that we would hear you and understand your wisdom and how you want us to respond in this situation. Lord, there's people making health decisions or medical decisions. They're just not sure what to do. Maybe not sure how to resolve this, what doctors see, what procedure to have, whatever. God, you have the wisdom that they need. You have the insight. You have the answer. And Lord, we pray that we would hear what you have to say. Lord, there's other people making other decisions today. There may be somebody here today making a decision about you, about whether they should enter a relationship with you or not. And Lord, I pray that that they would understand your incredible love for them and they would make that decision to enter a relationship with you. There's all kinds of decisions that we make. And so, Lord, as a church family today, we lay our hands on these people and we pray for your guidance, your clarity, and the courage to follow through with what you are saying. Speak powerfully, Lord. Speak boldly. And we will respond. We will do what you are asking us to do, even if we don't understand it, even if it doesn't make sense, even if we're in one of those oh no moments and we don't see how it can become an oh yes moment, Lord, we trust in you. We trust all of it to you, that you're gonna speak and that you love us more than we can ever imagine. So what an honor for us to pray today. Speak powerfully in Jesus' precious name, amen. Hello and welcome to Epic. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Carla and for the next few minutes, I'm gonna tell you what's going on here at Epic. If you're new with us, thanks so much for checking us out. We're so glad you're here this morning. If you would like to get more information about Epic, please stop by the Connection Center on your way out. We would love the opportunity to meet you and share about who we are. The Bible tells us that children are a gift from God and that parents are to raise up their children to love God, His Word, and His people. On Father's Day, we are having a child dedication for those parents who would like to dedicate their children to God. To get more information about child dedication and to sign up, go to theepicchurch.com and click on the Sign Up tab. The 4th of July is in less than a month and we are getting ready. Every year, Epic participates in the parade at Flagler Beach, and we want you to be a part of showing our community that we are for Flagler. Bring a bag of hard candy that we can pass out as we're on the parade route. The Flagler Parade is a big event for our community and a lot of fun. You can bring your bags of candy to the Connection Center through June. If you call Epic Home and you want to support what we do to make a difference in our community, there are two ways that you can give. Either through the giving boxes behind each of the seating sections, 
or securely online at theepicchurch.com. Those are our announcements for today. To find out more of what's going on at Epic, like us on Facebook or visit the website theepicchurch.com. Enjoy the rest of service. Thank you.